curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're in Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're in Sales podcast. The So You're in Sales podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy, let us show you how. Now, on with the show. Hey everybody, it's Roger. Welcome to the latest So You're in Sales podcast, and for only the third time in the four-year history of the So You're in Sales podcast, I don't have a guest today. That was by design. I've done two previous productivity podcasts in the history of the program, and both have been very well received. And in conversations that I had with friends and colleagues over the course of the last week or so, it became apparent to me that there was an appetite amongst the listeners to hear what I have to say when it comes to 2021. So here goes. Today in the productivity podcast version three, we are going to cover five topics in the form of a question, and I'm going to give you three points on each of those five topics, and hopefully I will spur some interest in something. I will send you in the direction of a thought process that maybe changes your thinking on something or somehow otherwise provide you some value in these particular questions. So here they are. What are you keeping from COVID? What are you treating as temporary? What are you doing differently now? What are your biggest fears and how are you dealing with them? And what are your biggest opportunities and how are you capitalizing on those? There's a lot of things going on right now, but the thing that we realize is that there's a lot of questions and many of the questions will fall into some variation of one of these five things. So let me offer you my opinion on each of those and see if what I think lines up with what you think. And if not, I can't wait to hear the responses that I hope you will send back my way when it comes to the five questions that I'm presenting and what each of you are doing and the ways that that may be similar or different from what I'm doing and what social good promotions are doing at this moment in time. So what am I keeping from COVID? Well, I think one of the things that I'm going to do forever and for always will be to cherish just what it means to have 
the opportunity to spend time with someone in person. It's really going to be a big deal going forward if you have the opportunity to really get someone's time in person face to face. And so as a result, I'm applying greater levels of care and creativity to those in-person opportunities because I want to make sure that I am giving the person that's giving me the opportunity the respect and admiration of knowing that I have that gift from them. And so I'm going to continue to work on the ways that I'm going to bring that care and creativity to those in-person opportunities. But the application that I think is important for all of us to consider from a business-to-business sales perspective is the future of the office and the role that that office will play for the people who actually go to it. I think you're going to see the office is going to be a place where people go to celebrate accomplishments to learn from one another, and to maybe be able to sort of blow off some steam. So how are you going to align align your business to be able to assist those companies that are reimagining their office space in that way? Because I think there's going to be a tremendous opportunity there. Secondarily, I think uh, because we don't move around as much as we used to, you know, we're a lot more stationary. There's a lot of people just going to wherever it is that they sit in their house or apartment on a day in and day out basis to get their work done. And so that we call that physical permanence. So that has a lot of effect on things like a person's availability. When might they be able to sit in a Zoom session with you or do a phone call? You know, it may be after hours. It might be on the weekends. There's all kinds of availability changes that you need to consider in the ways that people are approaching their work and be able to make sure that you are uh, offering some availability in that change of physical permanence. And then on the consumability side, you know, because we're not driving in our cars, people aren't necessarily listening to podcasts in the same way that they have in the past. So you have to change the consumability model and give people some variation in the ways that they can ingest the information that you want to share with them because of these changes in physical permanence. And then lastly, people's interests are changing. You know, if typically they'd only been thinking about uh, disciplines that were to apply to their work life, you know, maybe now people are invested more in their hobbies And if you can give them the opportunity to interact with you around those hobby-based interests, you have an opportunity to build some trust with them in ways that maybe you've not been able to do before. So that's important to understand as well. And then really from the book, Red Goldfish Promo Edition, that I was so lucky to be able to co-author with Stan Phelps, we released that thing September of last year. And one of the things that we talk about in the book is the just the very significant importance of injecting trust building activities into your business to business and business to consumer activities. We wrote about the trust continuum and really what we're trying to explain in that instance is that when you are beginning a new relationship or a new encounter with someone, whether it's the first time you've met them or the hundredth time that you've met them, What you really need to be thinking about is where is your trust level with that person and get an assessment of where it is that you're at on the continuum of trust so that you can build activities around 
where you are on that continuum and allow you the opportunity to really be able to grow your trustworthiness by relying on the predetermined activities that you've created for yourself and really relying on those when you can identify those moments when the client or the prospect is showing you where you are in the trust continuum so that you can build that trust level with them. And so shameless plug for the book, but if uh, you want to learn more about that, go check it out on Amazon, Red Goldfish Promo Edition, as written by Roger Burnett and Stan Phelps. Okay, so what are we treating as temporary? Well, first and foremost, I think in this moment, we have to consider that uncertainty is temporary. You know, the conditions in the economy, the political climate, the socioeconomic pressures that we're all facing, and it's uh, we're coming up on a presidential transition. So we really have a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace right now, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, and a lot of doubt. So what I suspect most people are thinking about is, what am I going to do when all of this goes away? And I've been preaching for a while now that the need for a strategy to have a fast start when your version of the economy restarts is going to be of paramount importance because in whatever marketplace you're competing in, if you've been returned to idle, most of your competition has been too. So when the governors come off the economy and we have a vaccine and we've had you know the lion's share of our um, country's Uh, inhabitants have had the chance to get a shot in the arm, things are going to re-emerge and restart and things will get going again. So if you have a strategy for a fast start, you're giving yourself the best possible opportunity to have a leg up on your competition because even for those competitors who may be bigger than you or have more resources than you, if you're nimble and ready to go, you're going to have that opportunity to outpace people in the very beginning of what happens. So Don't worry about that uncertainty. Have a plan for when you're ready to go and be ready to make it happen. Isolation is temporary. Too many people I know are people powered. So when that vaccine hits, it's going to be go time for a lot of people to want to be in each other's presence because as the uh, National Association of Mental Health reported in their uh, 2019 Health Resources and Services Administration document, They described a loneliness epidemic as an increasing societal health concern. And there's a Cigna survey that revealed that nearly half of Americans always or sometimes feel alone or left out. And close to 50% of the respondents stated loneliness plagued their daily lives. And these numbers were reported prior to social isolation caused by COVID-19. So there's no way that this isn't going to have a boomerang effect and you're not going to see just the appetite for people to want to have in-person encounters is going to skyrocket. Now, granted, you're going to have to probably do that in a slightly different way than has been done before. And we're going to have to take new safety concerns into consideration when we're trying to create those opportunities. But there's absolutely no way that this isolation continues for the long term. So get yourself ready for what that boomerang is going to be like, because there's going to be tremendous opportunity there. And then The last thing that I think is really temporary right now is the economics of the moment, right? If you think about this, the the tax structure of the way it exists right now is certain to change. The cost of capital money is so incredibly inexpensive right now, and there's so much capital out there going on right now that it's fueling the stock market in a lot of ways. 
to the point where we've seen statistics and sort of um, fundamentals that really don't make sense economically in a lot of ways. But yet, here we are. And because of all of those conditions, there is tremendous opportunity. I mean, where have you seen gains like you've seen in Bitcoin and the ways that that new capital is funding a lot of other uh, things like the stock market right now. So you have to expect that the economics of this moment are completely temporary and you're going to want to know what is it that you're going to um, need to do for yourself as things like taxes and interest rates start to change in the medium and the long term as we come out of this COVID recession. You know, it's, it's clear that there's going to be some economic changes. So you need to be factoring those into uh, your thought process as you are approaching 2021 and beyond. So what are you doing differently now? Well, for me, I know that there's a number of things that I'm doing differently, but primarily the biggest challenge that I see is this idea of having to sell through a screen and presenting to a gallery instead of a room of people. That's really challenging as a salesperson when you don't have the opportunity to read nonverbal clues in the ways that we have traditionally been accustomed to. So by having that taken away from you, you really need to be creative and understand the ways that you're going to tackle what is this new environment of sales. And really, in a lot of ways, it's not even new now. Right? It's just an extension of what histor- historically had been how it feels like when you're presenting during a webinar, where you're just literally talking to blank air and you have absolutely no way of knowing what's going on in the audience. And those days are not going away. Certainly, there's going to be opportunities for us to, as I mentioned previously, get back physically in one another's presence. But we have to expect that this is going to be the reality, especially for salespeople, because, you know, we've already been seen as a nuisance by a lot of people. And this situation in shelter in place has really enabled a lot of buyers to put this barrier in place in a way that is going to be tremendously difficult to get around. So if you're not practicing the art of sales through a screen, you better get started because you need to get good at it or else how traditionally the way that you've gone about getting the money that you get for what you do is going to be impacted in a way that you may not be able to recover from. So it's going to be vitally important for you to work on that. One of the things that we've seen be successful is injecting elements of improv. So if you're not familiar with improv tactics, Google that and start reading up on the ways that you can uh, add these elements of improv theater into your presentations in a way that could be meaningful and memorable for the people who are participating. Because, you know, in much the same ways as uh, listening to live music or going to a movie theater, you know, we don't have the same opportunity to enjoy those things the way we have historically. So we have to find new ways to enjoy those old things, right? So um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, radio.co, but you literally have the opportunity to create your own radio station or Clubhouse, this new app that everyone is all uh, excited about. I'm, I'm on Clubhouse. I haven't really done anything with it yet. I'm going to start pushing the envelope with that here as uh, the month of January starts to round itself out. But there's all of these new media that are coming out that are giving people the opportunity to express themselves in new and interesting ways. And as is always the case, when they're emerging, there's great opportunity in first mover status to be able to have relationships with people that maybe you otherwise 
would not have been able to do. I've seen that happen on Clubhouse already where friends of mine are interacting with, in a lot of ways, their heroes. And being able to actually have person-to-person interaction with those people on those platforms, and it's you know, it's super fun. It's exciting. It's a great opportunity to really be able to mix and mingle with people in a new and interesting kind of way. So check those out. And uh, I'm going to announce here on the So You're In Sales podcast, the 5150 party where we're going to bring work and play together. It's going to happen in early May. I lost out on my 50th birthday last year due to COVID. So I'm going to have a 5150 party at a campground to be determined, and we're going to invite the entire world to come have fun with us safely outside and enjoy each other's company while having a party for yours truly. So for those of you who want more information on the 5150 party, please reach out to me so that I can share that information as it develops. Can't wait to do that. That's going to be super fun, and what an amazing opportunity for all of us to get together and do some work and some play at the same time. So, because here's really what I'm thinking. We have really spent the majority of our careers trying to make memorable experiences for people. And because of what's gone on in the world, we've been forced to add virtual opportunities to those memorable experiences because we're not always going to be able to be in one another's presence as often as we would like. So by adding virtual opportunities to these memorable experiences, what we're doing is we're offering fill-in experiences where we can still have fun with one another and be excited to be in each other's company, but just on a virtual platform. I participated in the Promo Kitchen Mixer during PPAI Expo last week, and they used this platform called Wonder.me. And boy, was it not an interesting, really unique piece of uh, software out there on the web that allows you the opportunity to sort of feel like you're at a mixer, like you're at a full-blown in-person mixer, but you're doing it from the comfort of your home and you're doing it through a screen. And it was really neat. It was really interesting. So check that out. That was really cool. And, you know, just consider for yourself, for what you do both personally and professionally, if there are ways to add these virtual memorable experiences you should be doing that because people are looking for that kind of engagement right now. And if you can be seen as a thought leader and capable in that, you actually will give yourself a leg up on your competition because people will gravitate to you by virtue of the entertainment that you're able to provide them in the process, which is really one of the key elements of making an experience memorable. So what are your biggest fears and how are you dealing with them? Well, for me... Certainly, COVID isn't the first catastrophe that I've had to deal with in my professional career. That's just a function of my age. But what I would say is that the pace of the calamities seemingly has gotten much quicker. And it makes it really hard to not somewhat look over your shoulder. And I know that that's hard to to not do. You know, we go back to that fear and uncertainty and doubt. You know, it just sort of forces you to have to have one eye behind you and yet If you have a a clear sense of what your direction is and what you're trying to accomplish, things like a pandemic and shelter in place and socioeconomic problems, everything that we're dealing with, have a way of just sort of falling into place when it comes down to what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, it's certainly, I, I can't try to 
justify telling you not to worry about what's going on. But at the same time, I guess what I'll say is have a sharper sense of resolve in what your purpose is, and it'll make it easier for you to look forward and not necessarily spend so much time looking over your shoulder and worrying about what's the next problem that's going to happen. Because here's the thing. In my industry, the promotional marketing industry, where we do the majority of our business, our industry sales number is going to be down about 40% plus this year. And that's going to have some pretty substantial implications to our supply chain. You know, we're probably not going to have as many places to buy product from. The likelihood is that they will be more expensive and the availability is going to shrink. So for those of us who are dealing with that problem, you know, we really have to focus hard on making sure that the relationships that we've built with the factories that we represent are going to be able to weather this storm. And as a result, if you as a business are faced with the same problem and you've not really spent a lot of time in your vendor management, you know, you might wake up and realize that some of the businesses that you've typically worked with aren't around anymore. And boy, won't that be a a big surprise to you if you've not done that work in advance when you go to try to source product for a client of yours only to find that that source has gone away and now you have a problem on your hands. So it's certain that uh, we're going to have to deal with that, you know, and we're going to have to communicate the issues that that's going to create. So we've got to be able to be able, we've got to be able to explain to our clients and our prospects how we're handling that problem proactively so that they will recognize that we are the vendor of choice uh, in this new world. And then the other thing that we are definitely looking at with a very uh, sharp eye is the targeted vertical markets that we call on as social good promotions, you know, two of them are really, really negatively impacted by what's happened, food and beverage and hospitality. So we have to pay very close attention to what the new landscape is going to look like in those vertical markets. You know, how will hospitality recover? What's going to happen in food and beverage when the um, restrictions are lifted? And will the six in 10 possible businesses that could potentially fold really happen in those two vertical markets? So we're paying very close attention to that because what we'd hope is that we can be seen as a place where the emerging businesses in those categories can come to for help and assistance and new ideas if they're able to survive. So we're busy working on that every day, trying to create new solutions and testing them out with our partners that are still in those vertical markets. So as to make sure that our saw is very sharp in those categories for the very moment when the people who are going to need us most are ready for us. And then what are our biggest opportunities and how are we capitalizing on them? Uh, gosh, you know, it's, it's kind of a, on one side, the fears are what they are, but on the other side, maybe those can be seen as opportunities as well, because, uh, we're probably going to have an acquisition here in early 2021 to talk about real soon. And I think that there's going to be more of that available, but you have to be seen as a worthwhile place for a potential business that would want to sell uh, to see us as, uh, you know, someone that, that would be a great place for them to bring their business. And we don't know, we're not actively seeking those, but, you know, in the right instances where those are a good fit, certainly it makes sense for us to want to consider that. So by being seen as trustworthy through this entire process, we're hoping that more people will see us as a potential home for their business as well. So, but there's really, what we think is there's 
people are seeking really three things, I think, in this moment. And I think if you recognize that this is what people are seeking, it really presents the three biggest opportunities, at least from my perspective. You know, uh, my friend Mark Schaefer, who wrote Marketing Rebellion, you know, what he really talked about in that book, which predates COVID, is this notion of tribe. And the realization that people really only want to do business with people who sound like them, people who look like them, people who do the same things that they do, people who have similar values to them. And so by giving yourself the opportunity to be seen as a part of that person's community, what you're really doing is giving yourself the best opportunity for that person to want to consider you as a potential partner for the things that they spend money on. So... If you are aware of the desire for people to seek community, then it's vitally important for you to say the words and, and uh, do the activities that would be that which resonates with the people that you would consider your tribe. So, for instance, I have a mortgage, uh, mortgage company that's a client. That in this process, they realized that really what they want to be seen as is the loan the loan source uh, originator for first responders. And now they spend a tremendous amount of time telling that story about why they understand the needs of first responders better than other mortgage companies and their business is growing by leaps and bounds. So it's been really interesting to see them understand what their community really is supposed to be and then go and talk to those people and earn, earn their trust because people are definitely seeking trust. And in the book, The Speed of Trust, that I reference in Red Goldfish Promo Edition. That book was written by Dr. Stephen M. R. Covey, which is Dr. Stephen Covey's son. He has a formula in the book that talks about how to get the best results. And really what he, he breaks it down to a formula, which is strategy multiplied by execution raised to the level of trust is how you get the best results. So in order to be able to really outperform, you really have to spend a lot of time earning people's trust because it is a multiplier. And trust is really broken down into two things, competence and character. And if you can show people that you have the character, that you're a, a trustworthy person, and that you actually are capable of solving the problems that they have, they will flock to you because you're going to be a part of their tribe and they're going to be looking to you to help solve those problems that you've demonstrated your ability to be able to do. And then lastly, people are seeking new answers to nagging issues that have been ignored up until now. You know, all of us pre-COVID were complaining that we really could not keep up with the pace of business because we were just trying to get orders out the door. So maybe we had an empty chair that should have been filled with a new employee, or maybe we should have replaced a vendor, or maybe we should have offered uh, a complimentary product to what we sell already in order to get more sell-through from our clients. But because of the pace of business, we weren't able to do that. So now, as a result of shelter-in-place, people have had more time on their hands and they've spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to answer some of these problems that have been hanging around all of this time. So if you are capable and able to give new answers to old questions, then you, my friend, are sitting on a winning formula. So if you can find your tribe, if you can earn their trust and you can show them new ways to answer the issues that they have, then you most likely are going to have a phenomenal 2021 and things are going to be fantastic. And we will look back on this year and say, boy, aren't we glad that we were able to figure all of this out and get back to our winning ways. 
So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's the productivity podcast number three. I hope you got something out of that that was worthwhile. And I'm looking forward, as I mentioned earlier, to hearing what are the answers to the questions that I just presented from your perspective. Am I on point? Am I crazy stupid? Are you going to do something completely different than what I did? Let's hear from you. I'm looking forward to the engagement that this episode should create. And until next time, I look forward to speaking with you once again.